but we're also huge college football fans. Uh, and there is a very different future coming to college football. One with a 12 team, soon to be 16. I believe at times, in time, 24 team college football playoff. And who knows what the whole structure is going to look like. But somebody who has been, uh, I think, as loud, as boisterous as anyone who cares as much or more than anyone about college football. My friend Tim Brando, the voice of college football on Fox. How are you, sir? So my reputation still precedes me, I see. Oh, of course it does. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm, I'm really stunned that you're not on the first tee. Is it, was it an English trace? How are you not playing golf? Southern, Southern, Southern trace. Southern trace. My fault. It's a little warm. It's a little warm, and I got, I got, I got plenty of golf in. All right. Last week, I was honing my a game for the Celeb Am uh, Pro Am there at uh, Memphis at the FedEx St. Jude, which, oh. by the way, was another magnificent um, time for my wife and myself. We just um, we love going there. It's been about probably well since they became part of the playoff and mm-hmm. the World Golf thing happened. Since the event was moved from June to August, I've not been back there, and uh, it was just great to be back. The hospitality, the cause, you know, yeah. everything about it was wonderful. Same and too. I played pretty good. I good made, for you. I made, uh, we played Spring Creek Ranch at the uh, Celeb Am, got over to TPC Southwind to watch um, a lot of it on Friday uh, behind the hole at uh, 18. And mm. and then I, I saw some of my family in Mississippi on the way back and, and watched uh, a good friend, somebody I think a lot of, pull off the unthinkable. That was um, incredible to watch. Uh, Lucas Glover do what he did mm-hmm. at age 43. So I'm happy for him. He is on one right now. If if we had if we had time to talk about anything other than college football, you and I could have a discussion about uh, whether or not Lucas Glover is going to be on the Ryder Cup team. I, we can't have, so well, we can't even start be. that. He needs we're to. Gonna, be. We're not going to start that. We're not going to start be. it because you and I disagree. <laughs> uh, but uh, he, he can make the team yeah. on his own. He can make the team outright. Continue playing well. So let me ask you about. Uh, college, yeah. college football, Tim Brando, the voice of the sport on Fox. So the, I just let, let let me just broad brush it. Your thoughts on everything that has happened over the last two years? We lost a major conference. The Pac-12 is not coming back. It, it is not regenerating. That is a major hit to the landscape of the sport. Where are we? As as an industry, you really, I mean, Pac-12 ain't coming back. What do you think? No, it's not coming back. It's not coming back in its truest form. But let's not let's let's hang on just a second. Let's mm-hmm. let's pump the brakes uh, <laughs> a little bit. Remember, remember the Big East wasn't coming back either in basketball. Remember that, right? Uh, but that was just the basketball well. league, really. No, no, no. I know. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, we we had it uh, dead and buried at one mm-hmm. point. And I'd say it's come back, and I would oh, yeah. say that the American, I would say that the American conference was dead and buried, and it, it has certainly flourished, and it was part of the reason the Big East was having to reform. Mm-hmm. Listen, these things happen. I realize we're, we're talking about a league that's over 105 years old, yeah. and the Pac-12 has tremendous uh, history and rivalries. The whole Rose Bowl came out. By the way, the Rose Bowl, I got questions about that. The Rose Bowl had already taken itself out of the Pac-12 yeah. loop. Yeah. contractually so there's a lot of things fans that that you know cr- get through the cracks and they don't recognize listen uh, the pac-12 may come back in some form uh, or it may not those teams may have to 
uh, connect with either the Mountain West or the American or a combination of the two, who knows? Uh, or we could see them uh, find their way through uh, with, with maybe uh, bringing in a cobble of other teams and holding on to the name. It depends on how much the name is worth. Uh, you hear that, that statement all the time, Adam, politics is always local. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Pac-12 for a long time hasn't been what the Pac-12 historically had been looked right. upon as being. All right, Stanford, uh, when Christian McCaffrey left, hasn't been what Stanford had traditionally been, you know, in the yeah. days of Toby Gerhardt and, yeah. you know, further back John Elway. And all, I, I mean, I've been to the farm for a Notre Dame game. There were more Notre Dame fans than there were <laughs> Stanford fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, schools like Cal and Stanford have not reinvested uh, into college football. They're based basically in Palo Alto and in Berkeley don't particularly care. <laughs> all right. About college football. Mm-hmm. And and as a result, they are left behind. And the sad I'm, I'm more uh, concerned, really, with Washington State and Oregon State, because those are two programs that have flourished, that are in uh, difficult spots geographically. Yeah. And 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 they actually are putting a lot back into their football program and have have good teams mm-hmm. coming into this season. Actually, Oregon State might win the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, that's how good a job Jonathan Smith has done since coming over. But listen, uh, football, I've been saying this for years. College football has been so far behind in the 21st century and in in the business Mm -hmm. of running college football. And the NCAA kicking the can down to the curb with Mark Emmert as its president on NIL for 15 years certainly didn't help, particularly those that were weaker. And uh, we know that the big kahunas, the SEC, and the Big Ten were going to survive. But everybody was on the clock this year. The Big 12, I would submit, took bigger hits than the Pac-12 ever thought about. They lost two of the biggest brands Mm -hmm. in the history of the sport. And what did they do? They went out and got four legitimate teams. One of them has an international following in BYU. Three out of the American that have flourished. One that even made the college football playoff a couple of years ago. In Cincinnati, UCF, a team that was so good a few years ago, went undefeated and won a New Year's Six game. They claimed a national title. <laughs> they printed the and, T-shirts, and, you know, and printed T-shirts to say yeah, such. Absolutely. But he went out and he went out and got these teams, all right, to supplant the losses of the two blue bloods. Right. And guess what? The leftover membership of the Big Twelve is making more money annually with Oklahoma and Texas out of the league than they were when they were both in the league. So credit to Brett Yormark yep. for being a really good businessman, a hell of a promoter, and a guy that was able to get his presidents and ADs to all buy in and make all this happen while the Pac-12 just kind of hung out there saying, well, our presidents and our boards of regions are all meeting to discuss the potential. Well, you know what? While you're doing all that, Yormark is already out to sea. Yep. Okay? He's 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 out there with a contract, by the way, that didn't need to be uh, done until the following year. Okay, the Pac-12's deal was up before the Big 12's, mm-hmm. and yet the Big 12 said, that's no big deal. We'll jumpstart this. We'll go and make our deal right now. Because Brett Yormark knew that post-COVID, everyone had taken a financial bath, yep. including my industry, our industry, right. television. And there was only so much money to go around. And after the Big 10 and the SEC – got the Brinks and armored trucks, you know, to the front door and got their cash. 
The Big 12 had to scramble to get whatever they could get, and they got it. They absolutely got it. Linear deals with both ESPN and Fox. Yeah. And that, that saturated that particular financial till for two of the largest and most aggressive companies in sports, Disney and Fox News Corp. So there you go. Now what's left for the Pac-12? Well, Klyavkov and his presence were all, they're all speaking, they're all speaking right. whatever their own language is. Well, I expect the deal to be done. Well, we think that the, the longer we wait, the better our TV deal is going to be. Do you really think, mm. <laughs> do you really think that a guy that's 55, 60, 65 years old, that's the president of a university in the Pac-12 can go to his board with a incentive based digital centric deal and say, well, we might make 25,000, but we're only guaranteed 20, and the distribution is going to be yeah. on, uh, you know, an iPad or a, or a phone. Come on. This is, I mean, digital is there for the future, yes, uh, but it's not making the kind of money now that people thought it would. Just ask our friends at the Worldwide Leader. It's not making the kind of money now mm-hmm. what, it, what it will in the future. But in the here and now, people are accustomed to watching, and the buying public is accustomed to watching their big games in their part of the world on Fox, ESPN, CBS, NBC, and ABC. Simple as that. And so for Klyavkov to think that that was going to work, I mean, fool's gold? Yeah, no, I'd say so. It was his, but, I mean, the problem right. – yeah, you know, the problem for them, Adam, excuse me, but the the problem for the Pac-12 started a long time ago when you had a, a, an egomaniacal president that when he didn't get his way and couldn't get Texas and OU because ESPN stopped in and said, you know what, we got a $300 million mistake here that we're going to put in play called the Longhorn Network, right. <laughs> and that's going to keep you from getting your 16 teams. That's yeah. going all the way back to 2009. Yeah. You know, he decided, well, I'm smarter than you, and I'm smarter than DirecTV, and I'm smarter than the people at ESPN and Fox. I'll start my own network. I'll own it. I'll set up shop in the Silicon Valley in San Francisco where it's really costly to operate, and I will drive this entire league right into a financial ditch. And that's exactly what he did. And Klyavkov just didn't have a lot to work with, and then he got beaten to the punch by a far more aggressive capitalist, Brett Yormark. That's no, what happened. No question but, about but I, that. And losing I Southern mean, that's, Cal. That's what happened. Right? And losing yeah. Southern Cal and UCLA uh, completely damaged their bargaining power to get a better deal. I have to think yes. that if UCLA and USC had stuck around, then uh, they probably would have gotten a deal on par with what the Big yeah. 12 well, got. But obviously, uh, yeah. they did not do that. Real, I want to ask you about Brett Yormark. And if we got about like five minutes left, and I want to get one more question. And we haven't even talked about the playoff yet, so I might even skip one of the other questions I wanted to ask you. Because your Mark said on the Marshan and Oran podcast yesterday, which I'm sure you listen to. I love uh, a lot. I have a good relationship yeah, with John. Um, yeah. And your Mark said that we had to do that, meaning we had to add. Uh, it wasn't just Colorado, but Arizona, Arizona State and Utah. And I would argue that you didn't have to. Have to and want to are two different things because it didn't make Kansas State more money. 
the money stayed the same. Basically, ESPN just wow. paid for those other teams. It didn't really add to the other schools' coffers. Did it create a more stable environment? I'm sure. But I don't think they had to. And I think that we're, we're, we're watching the conferences being treated like banks. And the banks gobble up smaller banks to become bigger banks. Yeah. And that's well, basically well, what's right. happened. Okay, well, listen, let me just point out a couple of quick things, okay. all right? Yeah, USC and UCLA were off the table, mm-hmm. but Kliadkov should have known that the most watched teams left, Oregon and Washington, are wavering. You better go and secure them. Correct. You better go and make sure that right. you secure them. When the Big 12 lost OU in Texas, they didn't screw around. Your mark went to work. Mm-hmm. He did. And he's still working. He's trying to create new revenue streams by playing games and and foreign in Mexico, sport. I'm I'm all for that. Me too. Why, why Me too. not? I, I because agree. if you're not making what the Big Ten and the SEC are making, you need to stay relevant. How are you going to do that? You create some new revenue streams. Look, our friends in the media that are talking about network television being the culprit, that are saying that a group of uh, really smart TV people, uh, either at the place I work for. Or Burke Magnus and the people up in Bristol uh, uh, that, that that have been the worldwide leader uh, as they claim for some time that we are plotting to control college football. That is a joke. That is a complete crock. All right. <laughs> There's so much that we don't control, but yes, we've got tremendous influence. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. But when you're in the business of survival and these schools, these institutions have one thing in common, Adam, and it goes all the way back to my days. When we started game day in 87 and Bino Cook and I were talking about the explosion of college football, what needed to happen while we needed a real champion. He, of course, was against it. I was very much for it. He was like, well, it'll happen, Brando. It'll happen because of the almighty dollar. What the schools have one thing in common, an insatiable appetite for money. The greed, the money. The greed and the money is about academia and the institutions of higher learning that are not in the business of educating first. They're in the business of making money mm-hmm. first. That's been the case forever. Yep. Television is only doing its part so to subsidize their needs yep. and at the same time run outfits that are in the business of also doing what? Making some money while televising national sports. College football is going to be fine. And when we get the – by the way, the networks are running out of money because they're saving for what? The expansion, the, the <laughs> conversation for expansion, um, and we're going to have more than one TV network Absolutely. involved. The ESPN will not have total control. Nope. I don't think they'll have total control. Okay, no, I agree with so you. So we're going to have more games, more inventory, yep. and more revenue to come. Where is it going to come from? The expansion. And those schools that are left out, the so-called group of five, and whatever's going to happen with the four left in the Pac-12, once they get into a league and get themselves set up, they're going to have a way of getting in because, as you, I, I don't think 24 is going to be the end. I think 16 is going to be the end. But we will go okay. to that once they see how successful yep. we are with 12. Remember, next year when we go to 12, it's the last year of the ESPN deal. The negotiations are going on now for the new television contract, which will start in 2026. And that's when I believe we'll have really more college football to consume. The sport will be in better shape. And, yeah. Those kids deserve the money, and they're going to get it. And the only way they're going to get it 
is if television is out there helping to supplant them. These guys that are, and many of them I respect, that are writing that television is responsible for all of the greed in college sports, that's baloney. It's the people that are in, in uh, that are that are in these educational priorities are not the key right. at many of these institutions of higher learning. And for anybody naive enough to believe that that was ever the case, I'm sorry. A little realism is something you need, and you need it quickly. Jay Billis uh, has told me last week said you guys could say no. You guys could tell the networks no. We're not doing that. We're not playing at 9:30. Uh, but. We pay more money when you play at 930. Uh, you, we'll play all the games at 7 if you don't want as much money. By the way, great Beano Cook impersonation. It took me back to the time that I had Beano on my show, and this goes a long time ago. And yeah, yeah. yeah. and Beano called me a homer. Uh, it didn't make a difference whether he was right or wrong, but he called me a homer, yeah. which was hysterical <laughs> radio. Uh, final thing, I will ask you one more question if you can promise to okay. do this in 60 seconds. Sure. You think you can do all this? Right. All right. Yeah, I can do it. Uh, is college football going to separate from the other sports within 10 years? No. Well, let's see. When is the the basketball contract is up in 32, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it may after 32. The NCAA tournament is worth too much right now right. for anybody to, to, to leave. But if, if the NCAA doesn't get its act together, if Charlie Baker – who, by the way, I think could do a really nice job. Mm. Republican governor from a blue state. He had to navigate his way through yeah. up there to, to get it done. He's got a willing ear. Yeah. Uh, I'm not optimistic but I think, again, about that. The damage, I'm not optimistic. Mark <laughs> Emmert drove that that, uh, yeah. that that association into the ditch, much as, as uh, Larry Scott, Larry, uh, Scott <laughs> did the, the Pac-12. But, yes, it could change, but only after the new television contract has to be negotiated for the NCAAs. Not until then. You're a gentleman, Tim Brando. I appreciate your time, sir. Uh, I'll talk to you very soon. I appreciate it. We'll talk again. Always a pleasure, Adam. Give my best to everyone along Tobacco Road. You got it. Tim Brando here on the Adam Gold Show. Absolutely. I asked like two questions.